Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game By Show. It's the 2022 Game Bites. Oh my gosh, guys, it's been another another freaking year. This damn podcast. We're doing it still. It's 2022 version. With special somehow. guest Hideo Kojima. That's right. <laughs> and now in our hearts, games. Komama. Yes. So, Klono- did you say Klonoa? He said called Kombama. No, Kombama. Good evening. He's Hideo Kojima. Yes. Well, welcome everybody. We're all here. There's four of us. Uh, I'm Legrand. There's Jeremy. Hey, say hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. There's Dale. Hey, hey. And Jared. Hello. <laughs> Jared's running our YouTube stream, so if you're listening there or watching are. on YouTube. Here we are. Thanks, we Jared. Are. He's got us going. There's probably audio. Full blast. Uh, probably. There's audio. There's well, there's, there's going to be closed captioning if there's no audio. At least there's right. closed captioning. That's right. Uh, I actually go back through after the episodes and fill all that in. Right. Right. I figured you did. Uh, yeah. So I actually write it I think it's down. worth it. I'm writing it on paper right now. Stenography style. <laughs> Uh, are you are you are you designing Mega Man le- levels on your craft paper? Is oh that what you're doing gosh. over there, Jerry? Yes. For me, it was Zelda two levels. I don't know why. I did Zelda levels and I did Mega. Yeah, Zelda two levels, like the side scroll stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Yep. And then I did Mega Man levels. That's what I designed on craft paper. Nice. And uh, Metroid. Metroid levels are good too. Yeah. I I do with... I did a whole. I know this is off topic, but I did a whole manual. I like made a whole speculative manual for Metroid because mine was missing at some point, and so I like just I like recreated. <laughs> you made up your own lore. Yeah, I did. I did the whole up. thing. I that's right. My the first well, fanfic I ever did was the Metroid. The story is this. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So and, so who was uh, Justin Bailey then? Like in <laughs> in your lore, right? Yeah. Like, the, the deep lore. I never played that game without the Justin Bailey code for years and years. In fact, I don't think I've ever. No, I have beaten that game without Justin Bailey, but it was always Justin Bailey on all the time for me. Because you started in a different place with like stuff already up. Started in the Bubble Land in Norfair, awesome. and then you yeah. had uh, Screw Attack. All the, yeah. And all of that, all of your entire life brought you to this moment, to the best mm-hmm. of 2022. That's right. Right here. That's into right. The game bites. <laughs> Here's the format. We've done this every year. We're doing a couple changes this year. So we're do- have we-, we have our top three games, which we're going to start out with because those are very important. Then we also have, well, in classic Game Bite Show format, we don't play all the games. In the Hardly world. anything. <laughs> we play a lot of older games. Uh, and so we have um, the ability to create uh, a couple of our own categories and award a game, a given award. So we're doing some of that. We've got some honorable mentions. Uh, I've created a list of 2022 games that I wish I had played. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Games that I wish I had played or played more of. That's on my... I have a list of those. Um, which is basically... Those are games that... Uh, games that I was hyped but not buy but waiting for Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. Right. That's basically that list. All right. Um, so I've got that list to go through as well. But uh, let's get this started because it's going to be a long episode. Buckle up, friends. But we have our top three games of the year. Who's going to start us out? 30, it's not 32 be... minute podcast this time. That's right. I think we're going to start with uh, Jared. Oh, all right. I so, won, I won. Yeah. Number three. I, I am number one. So uh, my third game bitey uh, of, of this year number is a game three. that re- it's been out in early access for a bit. That, that's my question earlier. 
released officially in October, I believe, October, November timeframe. Uh, and it is in my mind, one of the best open world sandbox RPGs, Mountain Blade Bannerlord. Hmm. Um, that game is That just so- came out? It, it's it's really in early October. access until like yeah. August or was something. Was that part of? Was that on your game bodies list last year? Just asking. <laughs> Maybe it's that okay. good. Very well. Very well. <clears throat> so uh, I had kind of put it down. So I played it when it first came out, um, and, and then kind of stepped away from it for quite a while. And as it, when it went 1.0, I was like, of course I got to go play it again. Yeah. Uh, they also implemented Steam Workshop support, so you can get all these mods just seamlessly. And it just opens up the the realm of possibilities. I've played since it launched four like campaigns so far, right? Just to the point where I was satisfied with my character and, and ready to move on. And the nice. combat, the music, the just kind of the mechanics where you can like make your own weapons, you can do the tournaments, you can trade, you can start a family, you can take over a castle you can make your own kingdom it is awesome number three mountain blade banner lord the the dark horse is the very first one (laughs) listen we we all knew where jared was going today you knew it would be a weird game yeah well Uh, it it would would be a weird uh game bodies if we didn't have some weird game in it so that's fine it's fine it's fine. Nice. All right, Jeremy, lay it on. What's your number three? Uh, my number three for this year is uh, going to go to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, um, which uh, is wow. absolutely delightful. And I have long said that, that beat-em-up games are some of my favorite, and I feel like that is not the common opinion about beat-em-ups. It's like, oh, I just move on one direction and just, like, hit the button over and over again. Uh, but I, I've always had a soft spot for that genre, and I believe that this is the second great reawakening in this in this last year or so for beat-em-ups, because a few years ago we had stuff like Double Dragon Neon and Streets of Rage 4 and stuff. This year we had uh, uh, River City Girls 2 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which goes all the way back to the way that you felt like Ninja Turtles played Back on your SNES and, and on right. the, and in the arcade, um, and and it and it does it with all of the references built in. It is an absolute love letter to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the TV series, uh, the games of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, up to six-player co-op. This thing you can play online. Uh, so good. And and just all, all everything is in there that you want. Um, the music is awesome. The score by T. Lopez is just spot on. Uh, the the Wu Tang track. I mean, I don't know if that's a spoiler, but you know, like they have some like actual, you know, quote unquote, actual music, you know, that's like kind of the, the big crescendo of the game. Um, and it's just so much fun. Like I, I I told my kid, I'm like, hey, hey, everybody, come, come watch me play this. Come And they're like, dad, what? And I tried to get him to play and I couldn't. But the dad, cool thing was- Dad, it's 3 a.m. Yeah, the cool thing was though, I didn't need my children to play co-op with me. I could just jump <laughs> online and play with people who really appreciated it for what me, it is. Me and my daughter played through the entire game. Really? Together, like a month, uh, like a month I ago. remember you said that you played the last levels April O'Neil. I saw somebody who who's like, oh yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> Shredder's Revenge, also known as April O'Neil beats the crap out of the Foot Clan from level <laughs> one all the way through. That's <laughs> <Nice>. right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but well, you remember Splinter? Splinter in the old like uh, TV series and the old like uh, full movies or whatever the action. The yeah, yeah, the live movies. action. Yeah, yeah. 
He always sucked. He didn't do anything. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's splinter, theoretically right? like this, you know, this ninja master, master. but he, you know, he's so tough he never actually fights anybody. He never has to. He just he's, he's too old. Splinter, Splinter is Not the Yoda. Game, uh, the other thing the that I Yoda of teenage. That's right. Well, and eventually he does, right? So Yoda gets out and you know shows everybody what he's made of. Uh, and the same thing here, you know, you can play a Splinter. The other thing that I want to shout out is I'm pretty sure they got they got all of the voice actors from the original TV show to come back and to voice these characters again. And it's just it's just everything you could possibly want from this kind of game. And I think they just pulled it off, which is excellent. So, and that's my number three game of the year. You know, Jeremy, my, my kids were playing that just the other day, actually. We had we had some company come over, and they brought their Switch, and they had that game. And so they all loaded it up, and they were playing here on the living room TV. It was, nice. I was looking at it, I was like, man, that's that's a TMNT arcade game right there. It's really good. For sure. And furthermore, it launched on Game Pass, so that is a big thumbs up for me, too. That's where I played it. I first actually played it streaming on xCloud on my phone. Nice. <laughs> so was good. Do you know you can sing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the tune of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it works? Totally. That's Whoa. weird. My yeah, that, that, that Wikipedia page is like taken off this year. <laughs> this is the year. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, well, my number three is not quite a beat-em-up, but it's kind of like a beat-em-up and it's kind of animated and it's a side-scroller and it's called Shooters Blood and Teeth. Uh, and it is the I'm an orc uh, in a Warhammer battle uh, metal slug sort of uh, game that I played a few weeks ago. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So I'd recommend that if you uh, want some cool music, some cool animation, some uh, funny jokes about uh, orky stuff, and some good action. Nice, nice. And I gotta ask you: Is this like, is your, is it gonna be like all the Warhammer games? I mean, I don't want to spoil your your picks here, but I think you're starting a trend. Wait and see. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a no. The year of the Warhammer. Oh gosh. Wow. All right, that brings it to me, I guess. Yeah. What's your number three? <laughs> My number three, I am giving to a game that also came out on Game Pass. Uh, it's called Metal Hellsinger. Nice. Uh, this is the game. This is the uh, the uh, rhythm base, kind of like um, it's a first person shooter, but it's rhythm based like uh, what's that game? Uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer. Yes, rhythm based like that where you're shooting. Uh, the thing with this game that made it super awesome is just the it's Metal Hellsinger. So the whole soundtrack that you're fighting with was metal. This game felt like like Doom, mm-hmm. um, but you had to fight to the beat, and the combat was really good. All of the sounds in the game, the gunplay, all that fed into the music. So it was very much a music-driven game, uh, which I really appreciate uh, when they make those. Which is why I like Cadence of Hyrule, which is why I like Crypt of the Necrodancer. And this is basically another one of those, but with all metal. And it's uh, it was very satisfying. It's one of those games that I kept, like I played through, and I didn't stop playing it like as my game that I was playing until it was over. Like a lot of times, you know, you, you start playing a game and you fall off and you drift back over to your old, you know, uh, hunt showdowns or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you make it back and you finish them. Like Metal Hellsinger, I played through and 100% the whole all thing. All the way, wow. All the way to nice. the end until it was done. Uh, it's got a fantastic soundtrack. The gameplay is really cool. It's on Game Pass, so if you have that, very easy to check out. Um, it's, I, it's I want game. to have that experience with Metal Hellsinger. The only thing is that it'll only play on an Xbox Series X or S, and so I was streaming it. I think we talked about this on the episode where you... Oh, yeah, And yeah. so I, I I want to get there, but I don't think I can get there streaming. 
you definitely could not play that game streaming yeah. because it it requires you to stay on the beat. I'm just always very interested when games are like, oh, you know, make music or do the, you know, when 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 they really try to integrate music with the gameplay. I'm always interested to see, well, do, does it really? Does it really? Because there's a lot of times when it's like, kind of like iffy, sort of. Well, you run around the world and like there's, you know, there's fire popping off and all this yeah. heavy metal stuff and all that stuff is all happening yeah. to the beat, so, just like in uh, when they do it, Crypt of the it's awesome. So I, yeah. I, I want to do that. Soundtrack's great. Great gameplay, combat's fun. Hey, nothing to complain about. Is the, at all is the title that of that game Metal Colon Hellsinger? So, is it possible that we're going to have other genres of Hellsinger? I know we made that joke, but I'm just wondering: is it Metal Colon Hellsinger? I feel no. like I saw it that way. No, okay, all right. Metal Hellsinger, you are the Hellsinger. Okay, all right. And metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What nice. other kind of music would they play in in Hell? But metal. Like, they know. should totally do uh, some DLC though for like. I don't know the the Lawrence Welk. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, they did. They had that mod support where they had like jazz Hellsinger, and you could like mod in your own songs to it. Right. They did. They, somebody did do that. It was like workshop support. Or right. 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 Anyway. Well, very good. Uh, number three. It's good. There you go. Nice. All right. Which back. brings us back to Jared with his number two. Back. Wait, let me guess. Um, I can't guess. Oh man. War Tales. War Tales. <laughs> no. That's a good game. But you probably could have guessed. Uh so the game I'm giving number two to this year. Guild Wars Two End Gu of Dragons. Guild Wars Two End of Dragons. Nice. <laughs> Came out earlier this year, I think in yes. February or March, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, right. Th this was a it was not the greatest game in the world, but it was a tribute of it, right? Like, so, Guild Wars <laughs> 1 is, uh, was, I mean, it completely enthralled me for over a decade. And this first expansion that came out was Factions, set in, like, an Asian-themed continent. Uh, End of Dragons takes you back there. It ends the story started 10 years ago with Whoa. Guild Wars 2's release. It let you explore the a really beautiful area like never before it added all kinds of new stuff and like the between the storytelling and the gameplay it was just more of what i already love about guild wars 2 and it was awesome and i liked it and it's can, my number two can you swoop the dragons around though i mean um so you can fly on a dragon like creature or and or a griffin. I have both. Uh, the griffin can actually dive and like picks up tons of speed, and then you can like ride it. The flight mechanics are crazy in the game. All right, they uh, did that in Dragonflight, in WoW Dragonflight. We didn't talk about it, but or you went on the episode, but, but they uh, totally aped that from Guild Wars for Dragonflight. <laughs> and they should have because it's good. So it is good. Good on it's them. Good in WoW at least. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I liked it a lot. Guild All Wars right, 2. Guild Wars Two Isn't again. Any excuse I can get Guild Wars Two back. In. <laughs> Sounds like uh, I think you Hunch, can have... Hunch Showdown came out somewhere this year. You, like you can have an spoilers. ongoing game, like like it's like ten years ongoing, and then they finally like can complete a storyline order. That's right. And just think about it. This whole time, there's been people whose career has been just like working on that game. That's just they're yeah. doing their thing. They they got to make the donuts. And it's very few people. In fact, I, I don't think there's many, if any that you know started at the studio and are still there right? still there and saw it all the way through um 
and it, it was quite the haul. It, it told that story through the original release, through the living seasons, uh, multiple chapters of that, um, which saw a major content release, uh, an expansion, and then another expansion, and then a third one, and I, I don't know. It's great. It's fun. It's fun to get there. Kind of a little, little bittersweet, but uh, ready, ready to see what's next. All right. All right, Jeremy, that's that's you. All it's right, my number two game for 2023, the Game Bitey Awards, goes to Dune Spice Wars from Shiro Games, uh, which I didn't realize that I played another Shiro Games game this year, just kind of offhand, which was Evoland, which is a really old... Like, Evoland, yeah. Yeah, old. Uh, yeah, it is, and it's the same company, and I had no idea. Um, so I, I played two Shiro Games games this year. Uh, but Dune Spice Wars, a couple of things I like about it. First of all, Dune is, like, my favorite novel of all time. I love Dune. I love that universe. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to see... Did that movie come out this year? Was that last, that last year? Was last year. Th yeah, that was last year. And the next, the next one is probably going to be, like, three years or something. They didn't, they weren't, they didn't film them for Cannot some reason wait. contiguously. Uh, it was fine. It was all right. Uh, but going way back, uh, ingrained in my DNA at this point is, like, the RTS Dune, you know, Dune 2... Uh, Emperor Battle for Dune, you know, the Dune, Dune 2000. There's been a long, you know, long-standing tradition of, of Dune games that are sort of real-timey. Uh, but what Shiro Games did with Dune Spice Wars is they took the um, Sins of a Solar Empire formula, which I don't think... Too, Jared, help me with this. I don't think too many other games really do that. So, yeah, so they they don't. They're either <laughs> real-time or they're not. Um, the few games that do are grand strategy games, like yeah. uh, Crusader Kings 3 mm -hmm. or... Uh, Stellaris kind of does it. Possible uh, real-time? Yeah, like, a little bit. That's what and, I genre. And the, the other game that it's very similar to, that I really liked, uh, was Northgard also by Shiro Yeah, Games. right, right, right. And so they kind of stepped just, up to it. It was huh. just a great format of What's up with Shiro strategy. Games? Dude, they're great. They I don't know. They, they made Evoland. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you like conquer these little zones. It's just the whole setup is just and, and, and they've done a lot to add in sort of the political intrigue thing. They got the real time stuff like, you know, march your units around and, and upgrade them and all of that. Uh, they've got the whole, uh, you know, spy espionage thing going on. So you've got, you know, the economics, the, the transferable income that's always coming in, you know, the whole black market, gray market thing. Um, and it's very Dooney. Like they actually did a, a really good job with it and uh, it's still it was in uh, early access I think for most of the year I think now it has I think it has released I don't know it might it might actually it's, still, yeah, it's, uh, early it's still early access is it okay still early access. well that's released that's... on April 26 2022 but yeah it does I guess it does say early access anyway it's 20% off right now yeah yeah and they've added multiplayer to it since then uh, which I haven't really done but I feel like you could you know if you have a friend somebody that you know it's probably better to, to play this with them uh, they've added some new factions since then as well and uh, just generally I think they really pulled it off I think they did a good job incorporating a complicated because that was the thing about sins of a solar empire when it first came out it was like what is all of this you know why do I have three yeah. currencies how am I going to manage all of these you know it was just a lot going on and I, and I don't know how this game would hit for somebody who hadn't played something like Northgard or Sins of a Solar Empire before but uh, they, they just took a formula that I think was very intriguing when they first announced it and they did a, they did a great job with it I think there are some concerns about the end game stuff and I, and I did experience that but but that happens to all of these 4x games you know where you get to that ending 
you know, you just kind of decide, like, okay, I think I win because, you know, it's just turning into... I think I'm done playing this, so I don't <laughs> yeah, want to drag it out for another four hours. Exactly, exactly. Just to finish but it. But aside from that, which I didn't, I don't really feel is a strike against the game itself, but kind of more a problem with this endemic to the genre, um, they, they just did a, a, a just a great bang-up job of it. And uh, that, that might be the game that I put the most hours into. Uh, in 2023, just because once wow. once you get into, I mean, for me anyway, once I get into a 4X game, I got to just be real careful because six hours later, I'm like, whoa, yep. I did not intend for that to happen. But uh, but with Dune Spice Wars, uh, real pleasure, all six hours. So, all right, that sounds nice. pretty cool. I'm gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Hey, Dale, what you got? So number my number two, uh, one of my most one of the games that I continue to be most excited about going into 2023 uh, because I'm planning on a PC upgrade at some point and I think it's my experience is really going to benefit Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide it's great it's fun it's a great game it's just awesome it, you run like around shoot stuff best yeah. game of that format really yeah Cause that, cause Horde versus the Horde you know I, I don't think there have been gun. too many bad games in that sort of Left 4 dead Vermintide... I mean, usually they turn out really good. So, the fact that it, yeah. would, that it would be the best of that type of game, that's saying something. I, you know, I think it's I, pretty good, too. You guys have played, played more of them than I have. I, I never actually played the Vermintide ones, but i uh, been, been definitely enjoying this one. And, yeah, like, you know, looking forward to trying out some of the other classes and advancing them up to the to the top and you know getting all the gear and, and just all that sort of stuff and um i mean everybody knows what it is fun game there you go all right number two uh my number two is going to a game which i don't necessarily believe is the best game even in its genre that was released this year hmm. however Mm-mm. i have to give it to vampire survivors despite I feel like there's other games that came out that, that were inspired by Vampire Survivors that were probably better games in general. Uh, when Vampire Survivors like started hitting the world, yeah. right, in January time frame, like it really took over. Like I played a lot of Vampire Survivors. I probably played, I don't know, 80 hours of Vampire Survivors, which is a stupid amount, especially for a game that costs $3. Um, and it inspired an entire genre. And now there's dozens of these games, and some of them are better because they were designed and built by teams, and they're better games in their own right. Um, <clears throat> but I have to give my number two to Vampire Survivors, the original, and I know it's probably not even the original in this style of game, but there was something about it that just really hooked, and it hooked a lot of people, and it hooked me pretty hard, where I was playing this pretty much all the time, and I got my kids were playing it, and I was playing it, and they kept on adding new content. And every time they added new content, I had to go check it out and try to get the new weapon paths. And then they release a new level, and I have to go immediately try it out. And since then, they've actually released the game to 1.0, which came out in just in the last couple September. months. Yeah, seems like it was yeah, just recently. Then they also released some DLC, which I still have yet to try out either. So they released their first paid DLC, um, which is uh, just more Vampire Survivors, I guess. And <laughs> Uh, so, something about that game that I, I think it probably comes down to the amount of time that I played and the amount of enjoyment I got out of that one game. There's not a lot of games on my list that I can say that I got that much enjoyment out where every moment was generally a lot of fun. And there was a time on our Discord server where people were posting stuff and we were, you know, talking about it, and um, it was just it was just a good a good time to be 
be a gamer when that game I, I think it's it's also, I mean, like you said, there, there may have been other games like it before it, but I feel like that if this becomes a, a genre, like a re, you know, like enough games do it, Vampire Survivors would be the one that launched it. And I think that it's yeah. rare that you find a noteworthy game of that sort that you can put your finger on it and say, this is the one that inspired you know, all of these other things. The, the other thing about yeah. Vampire Survivors that's really interesting is if, you know, you know how sometimes you can you can put, like, personality, you know, like, where are you on a Cartesian coordinate system, like, in the four, you know, like, very yeah. difficult, very easy, you know, very intense, very, you know, or whatever. I feel like Vampire Survivors probably is the lowest possible barrier to entry game. Like, there's nothing stop, like, you start the game and you are in it, and you don't do anything other than walk around. Like, you can, fig you pick up the, the idea of the game literally instantly um, but then it has the longest possible I mean even though it limits the game to 30 minutes a session um, it's, it's it just feels like there is a great differential between a low barrier to entry and a high stickiness value for vampire survivors and I think that is yeah. another thing that games that doesn't happen all the time it was very easy to pick up and anyone could play it and then they released it on mobile this year and the mobile version is also yeah really good. it works and it works really and well. It plays well with the little uh, controller thing I have. It plays well with the touchscreen. If it, that's your jam, and, and it combines like the random variability and just uh, the randomness of, say, like Slave Aspire, which was also a very good game, yeah. different in its uh, attempt, but uh, you know had that same kind of vibe, but um, without any of the heavy lifting of Slay the Spire of like having to remember what all the cards do and like you know all of that it's like you can just jump in and play and every time you're going to build out differently and it's great it's and, awesome. but, but there's yeah. always rewards for it too like this weapon combines with that weapon and suddenly you level up a new thing and combine and make some new thing and the other, the other thing too is that I think there aren't many games I mean I'm trying to think of the you know, those single developer games that come out, okay, you know, like your Fez or, or Axiom Verge or whatever, where, like, one guy's like, I'm just going to make this. Here's a game. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's this, and it just really hit this year. Yep. So there it is, my number two, number Vampire two. Survivors. I Again, like, I, I played probably five different iterations of this style of game this year, and I feel like there are others that will be better especially because a lot of them are in early access um but this one still is it's probably going to be a, have a special place for a lot of people just because it was that the one entry point yeah. like you know it's just like a lot of people really love original dota on warcraft 3 mm. despite it not being as good as dota 2 not being as good as you know league of legends or heroes of the storm or any number of mobas that came after it but they love dota because that's what they played it was the first yep. That was the first yep. one. So anyway, sure. to, your, to your point, Jeremy, like this is the one that you can pin on this genre. This is the one that kickstarted the genre yep. of whatever you want to call it. This if, right. if you can't be the best, <laughs> at least be first. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So number one. The uh, moment roll. you've been waiting for. The oh best, my gosh. unequivocally best games of the year. The game so bite you guys goes to you. You guys are gonna hate me. So I was sitting down thinking Battle about <laughs> thinking about dude. Ten out of ten. I played a bunch of thinking about this year, to be honest. What what the game bites <laughs> are, and it's you know our our ranking. It's not like oh the most graphically intense games. It's what games stood out to us this year, made an impact on us this year. Um, my number one isn't a game. It's a system. It's the Steam Deck. Uh, it. Huh completely okay. changed how I play games. 
Hmm. I, I mean, to the point where I'm looking through my Steam replay, right? They sent this out. And um, for the little amount of time that I had the Steam Deck, it took up over uh, a quarter of my playtime. Hmm. Uh, I played more games on it than anywhere else. I played one of my most played games of the year, uh, almost exclusively on the Steam Deck. Uh, I've been sideloading stuff. I, I run it in desktop mode. It is the promise of what like mobile PC gaming was supposed to be like 20 years ago, hmm. but finally real. Um, you know, uh, my entire, all the games I play are PC. Like, I had a Switch Lite for a while. I actually got rid of it when I got the Steam Deck, because uh, why would I want that thing? I didn't have any games on it. I never <laughs> played on it. it. It wasn't, I just, I I don't get into other gaming systems. I am a PC diehard through and through. And this opened up a new world to me that was previously not open. And it's executed so well. Uh, you know, okay, the battery life could be better. Sure. Uh, you know, the screen, it's not the greatest. Okay. But it it's the whole package. I can carry it around. I can throw it in the car, take it to, you know, in-law's house and sit in the corner and play Stray or whatever. Uh yeah, it's it's uh, it stood out the most to me this year. Out of curiosity, and just for comparison purposes, what was your opinion on the various Steam, uh, you know, Valve hardware projects in the past? Steam controllers and Steam Links. Is this the best hardware they've ever made? A hundred percent. I haven't tried their <laughs> VR, but uh, the Steam Link was neat, but it was always kind of finicky. On uh, maybe it was just my Wi-Fi, right? Like it always just like kind of stuttered. Yeah, occasionally. And kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, the Steam controllers were fine, but the fact that they were so dependent on the touchpads uh, really set them back for me. Right. The Steam Deck still has those touchpads, and in some games, they're great. Hmm. Um, and it's, or, and it's know, not a touch screen, aiming. it's just the touchpads, right? It's two touchpads. They're, they're also buttons, right? Um, that kind of thing. And they use your thumbs. They're... they're where your thumbs go so on the front of the device and uh, they work but you also have you know uh, a d-pad you also have twin sticks you also have paddles and triggers and all everything else you could want and theoretically it has like tilt control and all that although of course no games actually use it so nice <laughs> well it was of course yeah. really nice of valve to invent the uh, playstation vita i think uh, <laughs> i mean it is it's that same Steam promise of the <laughs> of the switch of the switch light right? right or the switch in general right you can hook it up to a tv or a monitor and it works like a PC hmm. and it works great. I don't know how it can run so many Windows games on a Linux platform, but it's black magic. It's wizardry, hmm. I swear. Interesting. Um, I got a game released in 1997 to run on Linux. Like, it's nutty. It's insane. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's that promise fulfilled. Gaben delivers. Well, How's the battery life on it? It's bad. No, it's really bad. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like gaming laptop bad. Like a couple it's like hours. Atari Link's bad. Yeah. Oh, uh, Cup maybe three, four hours. Game if you turn bad. off Wi-Fi. Yeah, but like as, as like a middle-aged dude, you're probably not gonna play more than like. A yeah, hours right. A day like anyway, I fall asleep right? so. in five minutes when I play this. That, <laughs> that's the thing, right? So I'll play for maybe an hour or something, and then I put it down, and you can charge it. And that's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Right. Game, I need to get one. Cool. Game game one. I would. I wouldn't mind one. I don't know how much I would play one, but I'll maybe get. I'll get a one. Gen two. Maybe I'll wait for, for me. I, I sure I could see waiting for the next iteration. Maybe instead of updating soon. my PC, I'll just get a Steam Deck. You could. I'm. And, I'm. Uh, very I don't know rarely, if you should, but you could. <laughs> very rarely playing PC games on my desktop anymore. I also, uh, Jeremy, will be interested to know. Uh, sorry, we're talking about this a lot, but. Um, <laughs> In desktop mode, in the Chrome browser, I did get GeForce Now. <laughs> nice. You have to have the mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So it could be your only PC. I, I'm, you just I'm sold waiting. Jeremy. I, no, 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 no. I'm still waiting for that one next year. The it was it in or uh, Logitech, whatever the Logitech one is. It's already out, dude. Is That's it? Out. Is it out? Yeah, it's been out for a while. Oh, really? Oh, well. Roll on twenty twenty three. Dream I guess. Cloud, Cloud Dream, or whatever. Really, it's called. I didn't even know that. Logitech <laughs> console. The Cloud Dream. Logitech G Cloud. G Cloud. Yeah, that came out. That came out like a few months ago. Okay, all right. <laughs> Next year, gonna gonna get it. Yeah. All right. All right. Live in the okay, dream. Jeremy. All right. Lay it I, on by us. the way, I can't wait for Dale to say his game of the year is VR. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. My number one, number one game of the year is one that I haven't talked about on the podcast because uh, I got it over Christmas Again? break. Yeah, it happens. This happened. This happened in the past. I mean, listen, the game bites are not about being predictable. They're just about being correct. So. You know, what else, what else can I tell you? Uh, my number one game of this year is God of War Ragnarok, uh, which is probably a little more pedestrian a choice as far as it goes. I mean, it's the one that everyone, you know, there's a, there's a couple, three of them that are like... I the, haven't seen anybody say they hate it, Jeremy, so I don't know what you're doing. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. <laughs> the, the original... Dale's calling Jeremy out for his orthodox. Picks. No, that's all right. That's all right. Because sometimes, you know, it is it is inevitable. You know, uh, it's undeniable. You know, there's just something about God of War. Um, but but the the first game, God of War 2018, um, I bounced off of initially and then went back to it and just voraciously consumed it. And I've picked up with God of War Ragnarok. I mean, that was three four years ago, right? I picked up with God of War Ragnarok as if as if I'm still in that voracious mode, like I didn't leave. And the game introduces you that way. It's like the, the moment from the end of the game, you know, the post credit scene or whatever, you pick up there eventually. Samuel Jackson is there. Yeah, that's right. There's everybody there eating pizza, like whatever. <laughs> um, but here's, here's the thing about it. Like, Ragnarok is not substantially different from, from God of War 2018. Like, they don't play around with stuff too much. Um, but the things that are more this time are really good more. Um, I, I want to say that some of the things... So one of the one of the, the aspects of God of War 2018 was that they just continually, almost up to the end of the game, they just add new ways to customize Kratos, which sounds really weird considering the the, the origin and the, you know, the... the kind of the, the, the history of that game. Like, you just don't do a lot of that. But with this, it's like, get this rune, get this handle, get this armor, get these greaves, get this belt, you know, switch it out, put lock in new benefits and upgrades to this. Uh, do your, your, your skill set tree. You've got a, a side character, you know, build him up. Uh, they, they do all of that with this, and I'm just surprised. I'm like, how are they fitting all of these functions in? And I'm just like, yes, yes, give me more, give me more of this. They're doing such a great job. Um, all of the incremental bonuses, all of the combat movesets that you can switch between, and, and uh, you know, all the runes and runic attacks and things like that. Uh, all of that's great. Uh, and I, 
am somehow continually in the groove for this game. I know, Legrand, you were kind of asking on the Discord if combat was harder. I, I've not found that to be the case here, And but but occasionally, when I'm in, a, in my right frame of mind, I will remember, like, this can be really frustrating. And I've had very few moments like that with God of War Ragnarok, and I don't know... It's like the difficulty is tuned just right all the time, and I, I, I don't know why, uh, but it's awesome. And I've just not hit a slow spot. I've not, you know, my mind hasn't been wandering. Um, when I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about playing it again. Uh, the, the narrative stuff that they do in this game is really where they have increased things. I mean, in the first game, it was like, well, you had a villain. Uh, you know, you had Baldur, right? Like, he was the guy who was, you know, fighting Kratos and whatever, and you just had to figure out, like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna off this guy? Um, Rag yeah, Ragnarok, though, you have, like, actual well-fleshed-out villains. Um, the, they make some really interesting choices with voice acting and the way they depict these Nordic, uh, gods and, and heroes, and they, they upend your expectations in a lot of different ways. Uh, the acting is really good. Uh, the... The, the the environments you know somehow they they continually find ways to make new places to go and i and i'm just like wow uh you know all the different it's also fantastic looking. it looks it's the best game i've awesome. ever seen in my life have you i don't even think you've gotten to it the looks so good. to the spot yet cuz well you have yet there's there's some there's some really cool stuff and even just this morning like i'm probably 18 20 hours in and i and and i'm like con consistently like that looks great you know, like there's there's this part that you get to and you just, there's this vista. And I've seen vistas in games before, but I'm just like, I don't know how they did this. It just makes me, I, they, they're just really good at it. And and, and I was telling my daughter about it. And I'm, she's like, oh, well, so what do you think of it? And I'm like, well, it's really a lot like the first game. And it, and it is, like it, it is a lot like the first game. So in some way, you know, and I, and I was telling her this and she's like, oh, so it's mediocre. Cause it's, you know, cause it's not like this light year leap ahead or anything like that. But, but I think, what they do is just uh, infused into it. It's not like it grew out and, and added a, a ton of new things, you know, Kratos swims now or whatever, but they've just filled in a lot of the, I guess you'd call it polish. I, I don't know what else to call it, um, but it is excellent. And yeah. uh, some games don't do like any certain thing the best or the most unique or cleverest they just do everything really good well, if, if, if i had to describe it like the first game was probably they had to figure out how they were going to make the game yeah. the tone the gameplay the characters and, and it was all how many and times this to game say was like, that's already there and that they had to focus on the world the dialogue the writing and and, and, and the it. thing is, so, in that first game, it was all such a departure from the series that had been up to that point. Um, the other thing that I really appreciate about this, as a lifelong, like, God of War, weirdly, I think for me, is one of my all-time series. Like, just God of War, I've been playing it from the beginning, I've played every entry into it. I, I'm not even, like, a huge, like, rabid God of War fan, I've just been consistently playing it. And the other thing that I really appreciate about this is that they are looking back at the heritage of all of those games, they're making references, they're having dialogue, the characters are, you know, they're cognizant of the, of the history of Kratos, like, you know, how he turned out as, like, this tragic thing and it was all this revenge stuff, and they bring that in. It's not like an embarrassing, you know, like, oh, that was back when the game was on the PlayStation 2 and we didn't, you know, it was kind of a lame story back then. They incorporate it, they sanctify all of that by bringing it up and by incorporating it into this really well-done package, and it, it, it makes 
everything that came before it also better too because it ended up here. Uh, it's just really good. It's really good. So God of War Ragnarok, my number one game by the of the year, and I'm thinking about going back and playing it right now, but I'll stay here to the end. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, very thank cool. You for... But if we could <laughs> hurry it along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well. All right, Dale. Uh, I, you know, my number one game for this year has got to be the 2022 game in which I put the most hours, uh, and that is Total War Warhammer 3. The, ho- the Warhammer even trifecta on, wasn't <laughs> even on my list. But it, I, you know, I thought I thought this might be Jared's number one as well, but uh, he took a different path. Interesting. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of game turns. No satisfactory campaign ends yet, um, but uh, you know that's that's the the nature of uh, waging a war in a p- p- huge fantasy, out of control land with demons from the warp and whatever else coming. Um, I don't know what to say about it other than it's like you know the culmination of the series, a, a zillion factions. Uh, you can play a hundred battles a thousand different ways and it's just like um it's just cool and, you know, and it, i seem to remember that they, they respect your history with like doesn't it weren't you saying that it plugs in like all of the dlc and stuff yeah that, yeah you can roll in a bunch of the stuff from the first couple of games um and then they now have the new um jared help me on what's that campaign map called immortal empire immortal empire yeah yeah instead of mortal empires <laughs> immortal right. empires yeah cool. and um it, it's awesome it's massive. It's it, just like whoa. Is it? It might. I. I don't know if if, if it's true, but it feels true. Uh, <laughs> it is the largest total war, Immortal Empires mode, hmm. the largest total war campaign you can it's, wage. It's got to be it, true. Yeah, it's got to be, be true. Yeah. I haven't like verified or whatever, but like, it is huge, and there's so many factions, and they're all so diverse. Yeah. But kind of somehow balanced like super balanced but like they work together right like it is insane what they've done with that those games it's like oh cool yeah and it's and and it's just like the total war formula also like divorced from all the warhammer stuff total war has always been a pretty solid game um but I, I, something about just mixing the two things together and they just go together so well, you know, like yeah, all the Warhammer factions and all that stuff just, the, just the, ter- perfectly The heroes matches. just work and yeah. like the, the special units and like magic. And That's the thing is there's, there's something to be said because they have up until, I mean, like Troy has a little bit of a fantastic kind of element to it, but I think this this grand strategy, you know, that's not a 4X necessarily, but that, but that, you know, moving armies around a battlefield, that is, that is ripe. I mean, it's, it's been like Kessen, I think, was the last game series that I think used, like, magic, and, and I think Kessen 3 had stuff like that. Hmm. But, but, but stuff like this, like, you want to have, like, some, you know, wizard tower throwing lightning bolts down there and destroying pikemen and stuff like that. I'm, I, 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 I understand exactly what you're saying, and I think they should lean into that. Yeah. And what, what, I really love one of my my favorite thing about it as a person that literally owns every Total War game that's been released <laughs> um, is when playing the third game in, in Immortal Empires and this was true in the second one Immortal Empires you're rewarded for having owned those previous games the factions that were in those games they don't redo in the new game 
but you can play them there. And sometimes they do, you know, give them a little polish and bring them up to speed and stuff like that. But it's like, oh man, I get to relive a, a Bretonia campaign again, or uh, I'm going to go back as the Empire, you know, the, the stalwart favorite, the, the original, the original good guys, yeah. right? Um, you can go back to them and they've been reworked just slightly enough. They have some new scenarios and it's a whole fresh experience. It's awesome. I love it. Nice. Yeah, great game. Number one. Number one. All right. That brings it to me, who I'm going to define what was the actual game of the year. For <laughs> uh, I'm following in the pathway of Jeremy, but I have to give mine to Elden Ring. Um, another game that I guess won the game biteies, and I'm not trying to ape on those guys because I think they, but I think they did have it. Oh, right you mean the Keelys with Elden the with the Keelys? Sorry, the Keelys. Sorry, Mike about the Keelys. <laughs> The, uh, they wish they could be the Elden game. Ring. They wish. They wish. They wish. <laughs> yeah. uh, Elden Ring is, um, I don't know. I think it surprised a lot of people. I wasn't even really excited for it. Like I figured, I know that Jer or, uh, Jared, not Jared, uh, Dale predicted that Elden Ring was going to be game of the year. Like that was one of his 2022 predictions. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like all the From Software games, I kind of just get in, play for a little bit, fall off when I get frustrated about you know, having to run back for 10 minutes to, to try a boss for a, a second try or something like that. And, and Elden Ring kind of took from past games and they threw it out the window and they managed to make a really, really cool open world that I actually wanted to explore, which uh, kind of rewarded you for exploring because it allowed you to level yourself up so that when you did get to a tough boss fight, in a lot of cases, Sometimes you were just over leveled for it and you just didn't have a problem fighting it. Like it could have been tough, but you never felt like um, never felt like you had to grind to beat any of the bosses. Because if you got to a boss and it was too difficult, well you just went Ride off and did your something goat else. Somewhere else. That's right. That's right. Um, and so it's it's the from software game. I've only finished two of them in my life. I finished Bloodborne and I finished this game. Hmm. And I played every other one. I played the Demon Souls and all the Dark Souls games. I, and this is the only other one that I actually finished. And I think it's because it was just a little bit more approachable than any other one of these From Software games, just because of the open world. Like you so, could just go and do whatever see, you want. That's the thing is is you know they kind of took a little bit of like the Sekiro open world because like the previous games dark souls and i know dark souls one is like heralded as like having this really great world that's all connected properly but it, it doesn't feel like like to me it's like it's just you zone in zone in, right but yeah. uh, elden ring it, it feels like a world all of a sudden and like oh i'm here it is an open world none of the other games are open like this one. like this one is yeah, no, very I agree. much a, I agree. a big map that you could go wherever you wanted at that, you know. There, there's a couple, you know, gates in certain places where you can't get in certain areas until you do a certain thing or whatever. But for the most part, well, you wouldn't want to go there anyways because you get your ass kicked. But um, something about Elden Ring really captured me. I played it to completion. I beat all the bosses. I went to all the areas. It was one of the games where, in a lot of cases, I, I play a game and I get to the end and I don't do any of the side content and that's fine and I don't care either way. In this game, like I was looking up all the side content to make sure I got all these other optional bosses before I actually finished the game uh, because I wanted to experience everything that this world had to offer. Um, and I was surprised so many times. The game was beautiful. Uh, I played it on the PlayStation 5. Um, 
and it was beautiful. The open world was fantastic. The storyline was unique enough and, and cool enough. Uh, I, I really feel like the George R. R. Martin stuff that you know people joke about or whatever. I think they probably did add something to the game um, because I think it was interesting. Um, the boss fights were incredible, uh, and it was just something that excited me for a very, very long time. You know what's kind of interesting um, to me is that actually God of War and Elden Ring are not too far apart from each other in the whole taxonomical, you know, like, open-worldy stuff, like, go where you want to. Side quest content is cool. Like, I actually am playing more side quest content in God of War Ragnarok than God I God of War side quest stuff is really Yeah, cool. it, and this one, it, and I just I kind, kind of find myself going back to it. And it just occurred to me as you were talking about this, I'm like, you know, God of War is all that stuff, too. Well, I, oh. I, I feel like, actually feel like God of War has a better... The side content is better. There's just it's just different. Somehow like, it is. I don't, I, I don't feel like God of War is an open world game, like Elden Ring or like Horizon yeah. or like Red Dead Redemption. Like it's more of a here's some areas you can go and explore. You can go back to them whenever you want and go do other things there. But this is a true. Here's yeah. a big world. Go, go do what it. you will. Yeah. Go find stuff. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that you get out of the, the tu tutorial cave and there's a boss standing in front of you. And, he, and the point of that boss being there is so he can kick your ass so you can realize that you should just go the other direction. <laughs> and that's the whole point of that boss existing. That's um, great. And eventually you level yourself up enough and you get confident enough in your abilities that you go back and you beat that boss. And it's not a problem. But the whole point of that, like, it's just the, the very, the gameplay itself was very, very tightly designed. Like, they wanted you to know, like, yo, just go this way. Just go find out what's in that cave. Yeah. And go explore this thing. And like, oh, here's a here's a little statue you touch on, and it points at this thing that you need to go see. And uh, a lot of um, you know, open up the map, and you know, the map was very detailed, and you can tell like, oh, there's a thing over there. I should go look at it or, or whatever. And um, I don't know. It's, it was just an experience that, uh, and I'm glad that I played it when I did, when everyone was talking about it, because it was really fun to be online to see everyone talking about it, sharing their clips, to sharing yeah, sharing clips, sharing notes. Like, oh, have you guys seen? This thing? Have you seen? You know, have you met this guy um, who one shot the boss for you or whatever, and all of that? Oh yeah, I all, can't. All that I, stuff and I can't all wait till Melania memes. And, <laughs> I, I can't wait till Legrand beats the one of the bosses on the DDR pad or something. Yeah. Oh, not gonna. That's it. <laughs> I guess DLC's coming out for us, so that'll be cool. I don't know if I'll check. It. I guess they added like some DLC that I haven't checked out, but I, I'm traditionally not a go back and play DLC guy. Yeah. So we will see when it comes out officially, but um. Elden Ring is for sure uh, my number one game of this year. It is the best game that I played this year. Nice. Out of everything on my list, including games... Well, if I include games that I played in other years, I think it would be hard. But uh, this year, for sure, 2022 games is definitely the best one of those um, that I played. Very good. For sure. There you go. I, I think it's clear to say Elden Ring Open World, God of War, uh, Total War Open World Strategy with Immortal Empires... Steam Deck physically opens the world. <laughs> the theme of 2022. Open world. Cool. Nice. Open world. Open guys. world is back. In Pog. Good form. times. All right. So that leaves us with Steam Deck, uh, God of War Ragnarok, Total yeah. War, Warhammer 3, and Elden Ring. What a cool game. Best think... games of the year. That's right. Okay. Definitive. No three way tie. For Two Animal of those Crossing. games. No Battletech three-way tie. It was all very unique, and I think uh, very matches all of our personalities. Two of those games you can play on one of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's other true. one, you'll be able to play there eventually. Yeah, uh, You might be able to in, like, desktop mode. Yeah. 
All right. Anyway, so, uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, so, our, so our next is uh, these are. Are we do we gotta do our other awards? Or are we doing honorable well, mentions? Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go honorable mentions, mentions round and then hit their special categories at the end. Okay. Honorable mentions first, Jared. Jared, all of your honorable mentions. You get to go. I'm gonna roll them off, and you get to tell me what the theme between that ties them all together is. Okay. Rogue, Rogue Genesia, Stray, Alaloth, Pentiment, Cloudpunk, Aperture Desk Job is the giveaway. Hellish Court. So those are the most top. What was the games. last one? What was the last one? Hellish Court. It's like a fighting mm-hmm. game. They they're the ones that you played on the Steam Deck. Boom, he wins. <laughs> yeah, no, I've played a ton. In fact, um, those games are all really great on the Steam Deck. Huh. How about that? So, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Because it's like I wanted to talk about them, but I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk about just one thing. Like, nice. Pentiment was such a neat little, uh, you know, ad- adventure game. But it's like... It, well, I've only got a couple of uh, honorable mentions from this year that I think are, are really worth mentioning. Uh, one is Rainbow Six Extraction, which... I don't think anybody probably saw that one coming, and I don't think too many people are talking about it, but just the fact that it was a XCOM via Rainbow Six, I just thought it was really well done, uh, and I think that it, it deserved more attention than it got. Uh, similarly, Hard Space <laughs> Shipbreaker uh, surprised me, uh, because in the same way that you have all of the, the different like simulator games, like I'm going to mow people's lawns, or I'm going to drive somebody's truck, this is where you take these models of spaceships and you dismantle them piece by piece. Um, and I and I thought that was and they, you know and they wrap it up in this sort of like dystopian economic future in outer space and stuff like that. And I, I just I think it was it was uh, it was just kind of a different cool idea. Uh, and then Return to Monkey Island, which uh, was pretty well done. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, laughed a little bit, and it was kind of all right, uh, but didn't quite break into my top three. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, well, I got a few honorable mentions. They're not 2022 games necessarily, just ones that I thought were cool that I checked out uh, this year. Um, and so uh, first up, I would highlight uh, The Shrouded Isle, which I thought was a very cool and atmospheric little um, adventure game sort of thing, mm, kind of. Uh, but yeah, like I said, um, had a real sense of place and... Um, like you're determining the fate of all these villagers on this island with this like weird on my wish list. thing going on. Um, um, because of you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, Horizon Chase Turbo. This was a free giveaway game on Epic. Uh, and it's just a very arcadey um, hang on. Not hang on. Um, outrun. It's a very sort of outrun Rad racer. like you're just driving yeah, through. Kind of. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, I was just kind of pleasantly surprised. The soundtrack it was, was super to good, play. too, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, 100 mm-hmm. Days, the winemaking simulator mm-hmm. that I thought was really charming and neat. Um, and then the uh, Gloomhaven. Oh, um, the board game adaptation. Uh, PC adaptation. Okay. Yeah. The board game nice. adaptation. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, you know, looking forward I've got to that installed. We should play it together. Ooh. If you want, if you want, I don't know. Yeah. Throwing that out, we're just gonna be cool, bros. Playing Gloomhaven, no commitments. <laughs> well, my, my mom said he doesn't play, play a lot of multiplayer aside from aside from his uh, blood. Well, this is the second time we've made overtures to Dale to play multiplayer, and I don't think we've made it happen yet. But I don't think it's his fault. <laughs> it's it, you know, multiplayer can be a, a challenge sometimes. All right, I have uh, four four uh, honorable mentions in chronological order. First is gonna be Lost Ark. Hmm. Uh, 
Lost Ark was taken over by Elden Ring. Like Lost Ark came out and then Elden Ring came out and mm. I never made it back to Lost Ark. Mm. But I really liked a lot of what Lost Ark was doing. Uh, this is a game that was out in Korea for a while, finally came to North America this year. And it was all a lot of people were talking about for a long time. It was an RTS game that was splashy. It was cool. It looked cool. And the story and cutscenes, there's a lot of really cool moments in that game. So Lost Ark it made my honorable mention list. Also, Catalyst Black. This is a mobile game. Hmm. The mobile MOBA-like game. Um, the reason why this made my list is because I was on vacation this year with my boys and at night, when we were all sitting around waiting to go to bed, we all got out our phones and we played a lot of Catalyst Black together. And so I had a lot of good times playing with the kids. And even after that, I played more um, without them. I thought it was a really good game, uh, Catalyst Black. Uh, Stray, um, and th- another one that I really liked the game itself, but I think the reason why this game was special is because I also played it a second time watching my daughter play through it. So she played through the entire game by herself. I didn't give her any hints. Like all the more difficult runaway from bad guys sections and stuff like that. She figured it out on her own and played through by herself. And so I had a really good time. I, I like the game in general, but it was really fun also playing with my daughter. I think that's what made that game special for me this year. And finally, uh, Marvel Snap. Hmm. Um, I don't. I didn't think I was going to get into this game, but something about the simplicity of it and the quickness of the rounds... And uh, just the way the gameplay was made for a lot of really unique and cool moments and experiences. And then talking with like my brother got way into it as well. And we were talking about it together and just comparing notes and weird builds and stuff like that and decks that we had kind of put together. Uh, It was a pretty awesome game for the time that I stuck with it, which was probably solid for about a month and a half. That was my mobile game that I played uh, pretty consistently. So Marvel Snap also getting an honorable mention. Uh, from me this year good honorable mentions and then for those who want bespoke categories uh i i've got one uh, i'm gonna start okay go ahead i've got one uh this is going to be uh the best more of the same game okay god of war ragnarok yeah (laughs) god of war ragnarok is so damn good really good but it's also not yes i know exactly what you're talking about it's not like it's not like they made a sequel that expanded on much right. of the first game. Yep. They just gave you more of the first game, and it was more awesome, just like the first yep. game. And there's not a whole lot more to say it's, about it. It's rather than hard to describe it, but I know it's exactly more what God you're of War, about. and it's all awesome. Yep. Like it's all great, and so that's why I, I don't think I played enough of it to give it. Like it was like, do I want to put Metal Hell? I kind of wanted to pick Metal Hell Singer because I hadn't played enough God of War Ragnarok to be. Edgy. I also felt like because. It was a uh, more of the same, but awesome. Yeah. I had to give it something, yeah. and that's why I'm giving it the best more of the same game. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is amazing, and it very much deserves to be on a top three list, and I'm glad Jeremy put it there because it's uh, it's great. It, it's more of the same God of War. And it gets and better awesome. even. I mean, it's just really good. So there you go. Uh, I've got one I can throw out here. I've got my worst game of the year, uh, Gungrave Gore. Uh, sorry, God, 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 God. it was the worst thing. It was the worst. Worst. Um, wow. and and I am I I would love to know if there's some Gungrave person out there. I threw this out on the on that episode. If there's somebody who can tell me what I'm missing about Gungrave Gore, please tell me. But I apart from that, I can't even believe that. I can't believe it. Just can't believe it. Well, um, I've got an uh, I can't quit you, babe award that I'm going to give to <laughs> Elite Dangerous because. 
of a long-term, uh, you know, yeah, committed relationship Common with law. this game going back and yeah. Yeah. We're just out there, um, you know, that's it. Exploring the space, it. man. So I feel like I overachieved. I have three special awards. Oh, I've got. I I, yeah, I've got well. more. The, we're uh, just throwing them around. Oh, we're going one at a time. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were just doing them all. Yeah, no. uh, my most played Steam game, thanks to the Steam wrap-up thing they sent out. Thirty-three uh, percent of the time on Steam, I played No Man's Sky. Wow. Mostly what? on the Steam Deck. Wow. That game wow. is it's a, nice. Jared, so good. Jared and Dale are the Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, like, you know, Elite Dangerous, <laughs> No Man's Sky, big muscly handshake. Oh, it's man. more than double the next highest playtime wow. game I have on Steam. So, that? like, I, No Man's Sky is, is the gift that keeps on giving. All of the stuff they keep releasing, all free. Mm. It's really good. Buy it sometime. I, I have a uh, hype but not play award for 2022. <laughs> uh, my, I've actually got two, two tied. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I was very hype. And I think I even said on this show, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to get it. And I have not. And actually, I said the same thing. At this point, I'm sort of like, nah, it's, it's all right. Mine is, mine is the hype, yeah. but wait for PlayStation Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just rent it sometime. Uh, and then I'm going to. I really want to play it. Like, it's still uh, like, yeah, on, like, my number, on my list. Like, I want to play it really bad. I, I, same thing. Like, I was, I totally expected that I would have put a lot of time into it by now, but I did not. And then it, it is a tie for that same award, hype but not play, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which is apparently excellent. All right, uh, I've got one here. Um, uh, this is my best game. I somehow dodged all spoil all spoilers for. Uh, this is Last of Us Part Two. Mm. Um, had I played this game on release year for Last of Us Part Two, this probably would have made my list of top three games because uh, there's some that that game was phenomenal, like amazing, absolutely incredible, and somehow I dodged all the spoilers for it and came into it fresh and clean. And uh, freaking absolutely loved it. And Last of Us Part Two is fantastic. So the best game I somehow dodged all spoilers for um, Last of Us Part Two. Nice this year. Well, I've got a uh, if I could mm. turn back time award, which I'm going to give to Mass Effect One. <laughs> wow! Um, because you can kind of turn back time and go back and redo all those decisions a different way um, with your with your different nice. self. Amazing, you know. That's a good. So. That's such a good game. Yep. It is a good game. Uh, my second here, <laughs> the <laughs> freest oldest game. I just, I, I can't give up. I can't. I can't. Freest oldest. Uh, you owe Outlands. Oh no. You Outlands. <laughs> I, I can't. It's so good. I had to quit playing. I was playing to do this recording, like wow. today. It, 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 you know, I, it's like I joined a community. I, you know, kind of helped build some stuff up. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It's really good. Wonderful. Can't give it up. I, I, <laughs> Free and old. I have a very niche, cute encyclopedia, cute encyclopedia award that I'm going to give to Vampire Survivors. Uh, because I only lately, I put, I put a ton of hours into the game and only recently discovered that there was a bestiary. And one of the, one of the things that I just absolutely fall for every time is when there's a game that has like an encyclopedia of like all, like Katamari Damacy had one and the Pikmin had one too, where it was like things that you find, but then they describe them in just like cute ways or whatever. And I'm always just like, I'll spend a lot of time just like going through and vampire survivors has that. And it's just this, no one ever talks about it, but I just really, I just really like that sort of thing. So vampire survivors gets my cute cyclopedia word. Cute cyclopedia. Yeah. 
Uh, I've got one more award to give. This is the best game that convinced me to dust off my Nintendo Switch. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, and it's going to a 3DS game. <laughs> Metroid Samus Returns wow. is the best game that convinced me to dust off my Switch because I caught Metroid Dread right here for nice. Christmas. Nice. Uh, and I haven't played it yet, <laughs> but I tell you what, man, like, uh, got me in, got me Jones in for more Metroid and Metroid Dread. Uh, I, no, actually I did. I did play the demo of Metroid Dread and I really, really liked it, which convinced me that it was time to dust off the switch. Um, and, uh, Metroid Samus Returns gets my best game that convinced me to dust off my switch award, uh, for 2022. Wow. Nice. It, which, which by the way, I don't have to dust it's off a very, my switch very, very, very good 3DS game. So if you haven't played Metroid Samus Returns and you have a 3DS, I probably better do that. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You should probably play it. It's really good. I don't remember if I finished that game or not. Probably not. Mm, I did good. play it though. Is it on the Steam Deck? Um, anyway, I, I have probably. A... You can emulate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a questionable life decisions award <laughs> um, that I would like to give to uh, Final no, Fantasy no. Eleven. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, because you know it, it, just when you go back to a game that old. Yeah, tell me about it. You really got to ask yourself. Yeah. <laughs> What am I doing with myself here? What am I doing with my time here? Uh, no, but I, I I love this game. It's um really crazy to actually go and like experience through the modernizations that the game has had, uh, like the content that was made for you know times before those modernizations. Um, namely, basically being able to go and and play a bunch of stuff solo that you would have had to group up with in the past, um, or at a higher level than would have been possible in the past. Um, and, um, it's just, yeah, to kind of see things at a, from a different angle or to see familiar places respawn with like a new setting or new lore that's ongoing and just like, wow, this is kind of crazy to think about how they did this with the game or yada, yada, yada. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that is still an ongoing game that requires a subscription after crazy. 20 years. Also thus requires the a subscription. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So my last my last award goes to uh, the best game soundtrack I bought on vinyl this year. Ooh, that's a good category. Uh, I had to give a shout out to it. Mm-hmm. Heart Space Shipbreaker, isn't it? Has isn't it? This isn't it? Trucking like honky tonky twink yep. sound. It's, it it's like Rebel so... Galaxy or like Firefly. Yeah, Rebel Galaxy sounds. Yeah. Amazing. Good pick. Uh, I like it. Wow, it's I've listened to that so many times. Yeah, like, I like make my wife listen to it, and she's like, <laughs> "I should, I should have totally come up with a category like that." Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my similar award to uh, Pop Slinger, which is a game that nobody's heard of, uh, but it has a super Never funny soundtrack. So go check it out. Uh, I've got two small little categories here, uh, sort of similar to Legrand and his daughter playing Stray games. My kids commandeered the TV to play through Stray. Uh, my daughter also uh, played Stray from beginning to end, and she teases me because she's like, Dad, you didn't even see the ending. And I'm like, oh, no. Ooh, so I don't know how it ends, but she played through the whole thing. I didn't, you know, I was there. I was not. She played whether I was there or not. And I just, that's not, you know, I think when you have boys, I think they're more likely to do that, just like play through stuff. But for my daughters, as as much as I've tried, uh, I, I, it's, it's still kind of a, a special thing. Uh, the other one that my older daughter uh, had that same thing was Power Wash Simulator. Uh, which, um, yeah, I don't know. My kids love that game. I don't know. So much. But 
I I'm I hated that game. I hated it so much. Isn't it, it isn't it great to just like stand on top of like a big roof or something and then like hit the button to see the dirt and it's everywhere and you're just like I just... Oh my gosh, I hated that game. I hated it. I, I have also one here, a game that's still going strong after ten years. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC uh has been really good this year. And uh, every time a new DLC comes out, it's an excuse for me to get together with the family and you know and for me it's like, oh I remember this playing on the Mario Kart DS or I remember playing this on Mario Kart SNES and they don't care that's you know we just have a lot of fun with it and uh, that game they're still advertising that game on TV uh, with your switch like everybody wants Mario Kart for Christmas and I'm like that game is 10 years old now yeah it is true. I mean it's true it's though true. Uh, apart from uh, that I, I, oh, I'm, sorry, gonna give, go I'm gonna give one more shout out one more shout out this is the same so Jeremy talks about how God of War is his jam uh, in your series one of your series of all yeah. time. I think Assassin's Creed is one of mine. And I yeah. finished Assassin's Creed Origins and played a good amount of Assassin's Creed Valhalla this year. I'll eventually get back to that game as well. But um, shout out to those to that series for, I don't know, being just a really solid being a cool guy. game. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> solid game. I, I, have, I have one more item here that um, it may, may be better for a different episode, but it's 2022 <laughs> games that I have in my sites for 2023. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. Maybe we'll leave that for I was. I got two real fast. Uh, one is Sonic Frontiers, which is apparently really good. I, and I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued that it apparently has broken the Sonic cycle, Sonic Frontiers, whatever. The other one I want to try out, and I was tr- going to try and do it by the time we recorded this and did not get to it, Trombone Hero. I'm going to play Trombone Hero in 2023. Cool. Yep. So a game that released this year, released-ish, that I am super hyped about for next year uh we may hear it about it again on the game by these sins of a solar empire yeah not good enough yet to to Mm -hmm. to warrant awards but we'll keep it still in like alpha i think at this point right oh yeah Yeah, yeah, it was it's a very technical uh like preview yeah i've i've got a couple on my list as well crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion Mm. which came out mid-december-ish i think uh, this is the remake of the PSP game Crisis. Core, I feel like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, what do they do with that? Well, like, we'll I think they just. Oh, I think it's remade and it's got a lot of the same systems. It's just more of a updated uh, fighting engine. But other than that, I think that the hmm. the levels and the way that the game plays is very faithful to the PSP game. If I'm not mistaken, I wonder if a lot but, of people gave that a pass. I haven't seen like anybody talking about it. Neither have I, and I think that's kind of weird because. Final Fantasy VII Remake was big hot for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. Uh, so it's on my list for something to check out. It's also one of those games where Final Fantasy VII Remake and the Integrate are all both on P- or PlayStation Plus's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe this will make it there at some point. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is also on that list of things that I wish I would have played this year. But again, like I'm hoping that it'll just pop up on yeah, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I guess Horizon Forbidden for West did not make it onto my games and my sites for next year, so I... <laughs> <laughs> oh well I've, I've got a handful on there neon white is another game that i've been, it's I been on my wish list since it since it came out it's been on my wish list on steam i just have not pulled the trigger i almost pulled the trigger today it's 20 dollars on the steam sale right now and that's one that i almost checked out and then a plague tale requiem is the other one that came out this year sequel to plague tale innocence yeah. which i played and i finished i think was that this year that i finished that or was that last year uh, um i can't remember recently. uh the rat game um anyway i finished that game recently like maybe maybe it was like five years ago and covid just really screwed everyone up yeah but, 
Uh, Plague Tale Requiem, I really want to play that game. It's also on Game Pass, so I have no reason not to at least check it out. So, Very good. Those are my 2022 games I wish I had played. Nice. This year, but it didn't. Dale, any shout-outs last minute? Anything you came out this year? Elden Ring. Uh, well, Elden Ring. Um, Elden Ring yes. I, I haven't played yet. Um, actually, one of the games that I, I was I was hype and buy, but never actually got around to playing, was uh, Warhammer Chaos Gate, Demon mm. Hunters. Um, so, yeah, eventually I'm going nice. to roll around to actually play that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I guess Elden Ring is probably the big one, just because, like a lot of stuff, um, I think I've kind of backburnered that for a little while uh for 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 an upcoming gpu nice. cpu upgrade all right very good well ladies and gentlemen we have done it we have definitively named and claimed the best games of 2022 the canon is now closed no more entries may be submitted this is it that's no, right, we're we're taking it. right. <laughs> we're taking it. it's gonna be awesome yep that's right uh folks if you have any stark differences of opinion first know that you're wrong but we'd still like to know. Yeah, we don't still like. To we want to know how wrong. We want to know how wrong you are. Uh, let us know all about your favorite games this year. If you have any special categories, let us know about that. Uh, we'll still tell you to do that on Twitter, but I think Discord may be a better place for that. But if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us collectively at Game Byte Show. Share the show out there on social media. Let people know that uh, the rightest possible best games of the year are here. Uh, share that on social media. We are at Game Byte Show on Twitter. You can also do that to us individually. Tell people that you know we're the best people of the year. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Legrand. I'm at uh, Countdown I'm at Red underscore I. You can also find us at YouTube.com slash Show, where you will see us live doing this thing weekly. Uh, subscribe, share that too, and, uh, you know, maybe come and interact with us. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, something to do on a Monday night. You know, nothing else is going on. Uh, you can also find us over at GameBiteShow.com, and that's where you'll find the syndicated podcast. All the episodes in our entire back catalog are there. You'll also find a open invitation link to our Discord server, which is where we probably really want to hash out this thing of you know about the people and their wrong attitudes and opinions uh, about games uh, but uh, come join us hang out with us we're actually really cool we do want to hear your opinions uh, it really is kind of fun to find out how different everybody's 2022 went uh, but uh, you know come come join us on discord be our best buddies and uh, there's a lot of other good stuff going on there on any given day as well uh, and then, of course, we'll be back here for the uh, year 2023, the year that's coming up. We've got our predictions from last year that we need to look at. We've got predictions to make for this coming year. Uh, all kinds of things going on, and uh, we look forward to uh, being your most entertaining, informative, and edifying video game podcast in the coming year. Uh, until next time, folks, this has been your Game Bite Show and your Game Biteys for 2022. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya! See ya! See ya.